everyone, welcome back to another week of Crossover Commerce. My name is Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet, as my amazing introduction said. Uh, we talk about the best and brightest minds in the Amazon and e-commerce space, and we want to make sure that you, the listener, who are uh, joining us for the first time, or maybe for the uh, 137th episode, which is where we're at already. If you have questions or any thoughts on our topic matter, we want to make sure you get those answered today. So, of course, this is if you're watching this live or listening to this live, definitely give us a shout and let us know what you what questions you might have about our topic, which today will be about sourcing and selling in Mexico. Super fascinating topic because a lot of people are looking at the, the traditional model of selling on Amazon, but it might not be cost effective, right? We might be looking at uh, container uh, costs going up four, if not six times. We're talking about just time your goods are sitting on the water and they can't get into port. Well, that might not be happening in other uh, countries or coming from other countries. For example, uh, Mexico, which we'll be talking about today. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, a couple of week, uh, episodes ago, but we're going to be diving into more about that with uh, sellers who are experienced in selling from Mexico and selling in Mexico, but also just working with suppliers and manufacturers in Mexico. Our guest today is actually Patricio Tellez of Algamas. Patricio is actually an Amazon seller, investor, and co-founder with them. He has been selling since tw uh, 2014, so has been around the block for a long time in the sense of selling on e-commerce, but selling specifically in multi-channels uh, like in Mexico and has sold uh, and launched multi-million dollar e-commerce businesses. And today his expertise actually helps him ex helps other sellers expand internationally to the likes of Mexico, um, which we'll be diving into today. So of course, want to go ahead and not uh, dabble on any longer. I uh, want to welcome to Crossover Commerce, Patricio of Algamas. Patricio, welcome uh, and thanks for coming to the show. Hey, Ryan. Uh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, no problem. So you've been around, uh, you work with Algomoss, which uh, I, I almost want to say is work, the, the company itself works somewhat under the radar, but works in all these different venues, both in retail and online. What's kind of that story, if you will, like who is Patricio? If people are listening to this or watching this and they don't know who you are or where you come from, you're, you're in Ohio, but you talk specifically about yeah. international marketplaces. So what's that story like of you and uh, the business? So, so, so yeah, like, like you said, I'm, uh, I'm actually originally from Mexico. Um, so I, I grew up in Cancun, um, by the beach. So I, everybody's like, when, when I tell them, I'm like in Cleveland, you can ask why, how did I, how did I end up here? And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I've been here and I've been living in the U S for, for, for 10 years now and, uh, came here for a completely, uh, different reason for a different, uh, business and ended up doing uh selling stuff on, on 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 the internet and found amazon right and like so like like so many other uh people i got started with uh uh i, I got started on it as uh just uh, as a side business trying to to like to to see what it was uh all about and uh, ended up becoming ended up uh growing really fast and becoming our our main thing so so we uh me well along with my wife uh, we've been doing this for 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 a good while now and uh and really getting started and growing our our initial business really got got us into other opportunities um in the amazon space uh we're well we're uh we started we got started uh, like many other people with uh arbitrage and then jumped uh to wholesale and then launched our, our own brands and then we started uh helping with uh, being from mexico my whole family is in mexico and and uh 
companies and people started getting in touch with us, wanting us to help them launch their products or, or get started on Amazon. So that's how we started our, our consulting business first for companies. And then we figured, well, like this, like this uh, thing that we, that we found out really by accident, but has really changed our lives. This is something that can help uh, a lot of people. So we focused on, on our, our market, which is the, the Latino market and, uh, and, uh, and, and helping companies uh, launch in the U.S. from Mexico. So that's, that's how we got started. And it's really taken us, taken us uh, uh, really uh, so far and, and to places that we never thought of. So, so it's, been, it's been quite a ride. That's amazing. Well, so that, that's fascinating because a lot of people think about sellers in the United States expanding internationally, uh, but you're, you're taking it from a different perspective of a different country, which is actually not too far away, clearly, uh, a neighbor to our south. Um, what, what, what's the percentage? I, I'm very curious. I don't have the statistics off the bat. What's the statistics of uh, either Latin America or uh, you know Mexico sellers selling into the United States? Do you know that by chance? Is there a breakdown or so, is it a so majority honestly, or? No, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know the the numbers, but there aren't many really. And the thing is, uh, and you, uh, you have to imagine for uh for for any tr traditional business in Mexico. Getting into the U.S. market, if you're not if you're not a, a medium big size company, like getting to the U.S. market and find and finding uh, uh, sales channels and and connecting with with uh, with buyers, right? The traditional route would be uh, would be like very expensive, right? Uh, logistics uh, and just just getting into a shelf space here. Uh, so for for companies in the U.S. and and for and for people in general, they think of like getting into the U.S. market as like these huge uh, task and you and you're gonna need a huge investment and it's gonna which which it used to be right and uh, so there aren't many there aren't that many uh, sellers of course there are uh, but I think the so so that's that's one of the things that we're trying to change and say and say hey like there's there's a big opportunity here uh, there's a lot of, of 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 value that you can offer being from Mexico if you're a manufacturer right you you can find a a market uh, willing to 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 test products, just being so so close makes it makes it so uh, makes it uh, really easy to get your products here. So, but but I'm gonna say one thing, just because being from from outside the country, right? It's like a, a, a not not so traditional approach that we that we took, right? We're from from Mexico. We were here uh, doing something nothing related to to the to e-commerce, and just I think getting to the getting to into the Amazon space in particular. With uh, with this uh, different vision from that 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 being from other from another country gives us right. We know uh, certain types of products, certain types of uh, manufacturers. Uh, we immediately we thought of sourcing in Mexico, right? I'm from there. Uh, it's easy for us or easier to find to find manufacturers there. So we didn't really follow the traditional route of going to Alibaba, finding suppliers, bringing your your uh, 40 foot containers. Right now, with the logistics, it's it's crazy. But even even back then, for us, like it was crazy for me to think of going to China and bringing products when I have like a, a two, ten minutes from 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 the from the from the southern border, I have a tens of factories that can manufacture products, right? So so that gave us, I think, uh, uh, um, an advantage uh, when when thinking about certain products and and the business model that we wanted to follow. Uh, just, uh, just it was a, a easier approach, I think, for us getting started, and 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 to grow, it gave gave us a lot of opportunities. 
Well, that, that, that mentality and that story is what makes e-commerce and just entrepreneurship very fascinating to me. And on the show, I think getting the vantage point correct, you were coming at it from someone who, who grew up in this locale, but then you know, you're, why would I go to another country when I know for a fact that they can do it quicker or they might be able to produce the same quality when I know it, it's more comfortable with me? And a lot of same points, a lot of sellers bring up is it's also very easy to work with Mexican sourcing suppliers because they're in very similar time zones, which I never thought about. Instead of in the middle of the night, you might be reaching out to people uh, asleep or whatnot. But yep. so what, what I guess starting out from there, that it wasn't a question in your mind. Did you did that kind of shape the product that you wanted to sell as a third party seller or did it? Did it really affect you in any sort of way of capability or what product you were or service you might go into? So, so I'm going to say that when we when when we started, let's say when when we launched our first couple of products, we did the same thing as everybody. Uh, just looking at YouTube and, and and seeing what was out there, we we brought product from from China. We uh, used Alibaba, same same thing, and we face the same problems that everybody does in the first couple of shipments when you don't know what you're doing. So after the after the second shipment came here, we're like, well, like this is just this too hard, takes too long, uh, just gets our 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 money strapped for for months there. Right. So why like we have Mexico, Mexico um, that that we know and we could be sourcing from. So when I start when we started, we really I already had a product in mind, just knowing the market, but that doesn't mean that that you need to to uh, to 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 know Mexico, to know the like manufacturing landscape, to to to, to choose a product. A product you can, I mean, you can almost go to Mexico and find and, and find any product you want. Uh, there's gonna be a big difference to, to China, of course, like right. Mexico doesn't have the 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 uh, industrial capa the manufacturing capacity that China has. So there's gonna be differences, and and you gotta know you gotta know that uh, entering into 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 the Mexican market. But but to me there was there was to me there were a lot more benefits or advantages uh, to to dealing with Mexico. Like you just said, like most of Mexico is on on central time zone. So you're on the same time zone. Uh, the the um, western part Baja and and Los Cabos is is in Pacific uh, Pacific time zone, but all the rest is central. So so you are on the same time zone. Most uh, managerial uh, positions in in Mexican companies, most people speak English. It's a necessity, right? So so you'll be able to communicate. If they don't speak Spanish, if they don't speak uh, great English, they'll definitely write. Be able to write. So you can send them an email. So it's easier to communicate. You're in the same same time zone. If you ever need to go and visit the factory or or, or, or go. Uh, you can take a, you can fly from Atlanta and it's a two hour and a two hour and a half uh, flight to Mexico City, right? So it's 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 very easy to to uh, to communicate with them. And Mexico, many people forget Mexico. It's a it's a, a an industrial economy. So we're the we're we're probably the second uh, trading partner with the with the U.S. because everything, not everything, many things get manufactured in in in, in Mexico, especially. Especially for bigger companies, so there is, uh, so so is there there is very qualified labor force in Mexico. There's a lot of manufacturing companies that are not at capacity, so they can accommodate new new customers. and And anybody coming from the U.S. Uh, is going to be received with open arms because for Mexican companies, uh, especially right now, uh, being able to 
to to get a uh, a client and 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 uh, and and be on the on on the on the U.S. market is is great for them, right? So uh, I think uh, I think there's there's a lot more benefits to 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 considering Mexico um, than 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 there is not. Yeah, I, I would. I think that a lot of sellers are becoming smarter. I'm not saying that China's ecosystem it's easier to go into it. I would think because it's established. There was before a lot of either lockdown or just like this this backlog of all this all these goods coming from one locale. It, it it's very very tough to as a seller in my mind. I would think that it, you would need to look at that and see all those containers that are sitting in the water in the port and not unloaded. And knowing that the one commodity that everyone has a level playing field is time. Now, time, I think, is becoming the most valuable asset instead of, of course, currency is going up in for every container. But when my goods are sitting on the water, that doesn't make me any money. That's money out of my pocket. It's literally not being sold. It's not in an FBA warehouse. It's not in my third-party warehouse. It's not being sold. So are we starting to see the shift of other opportunities out there as like a second and third option? Or do you see this actual major wave starting to move towards quicker turnaround times. It's an easy trading partner, like you said, because of where we're located. And then also you don't have to worry about a boat. <laughs> you can, I mean, it's on a truck for most of yeah. these things, right? It's, it's a, it's a little bit easier to get to. And no matter where you are, it can get there in, in no time at all. You don't have to fly halfway around the world to go check out the warehouse. You can connect with them on the time zone. A lot of these things are pros. So why is it more people doing it? And, 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 let me say, I think I think for many people, especially especially FBA sellers, I think Mexico is gonna it's, it's gonna become our first option because there's many things like to consider, right? So so with all this going going on, let's let's set the the chain supply nightmare aside, right? So it's like super expensive. If you if you work so twenty food containers is, are now out of the question, right? You don't like you don't even consider it uh, because it's so expensive, right? You're bringing uh, forty food containers, so just consider that uh, just for from a cash flow and a flexibility standpoint, right? You're bringing product from China, so you might be uh, just uh, uh, trying to figure out uh, what you're what are you going to put in that container, right? In many cases, you have your your one, two, maybe three uh, ASINs that are great, but you still need to fill that fill fill that uh, fill that up that container, and so you're bringing products that you might not. If you had the chance, you might not be bringing so many, right? You might have two variations that are the best, and then but then you have to bring other four colors to uh, to, to fill that out. So just from a cash flow perspective, just the fact that being in Mexico, you can bring you don't need to bring a forty foot container. You can bring a, a truck, right, and bring a lot less uh, inventory, and and be and you can be sending weekly shipments to 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 the U.S. from Mexico. So you have the flexibility to 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 just be optimize your your uh, your inventory that you're bringing in and then you don't have like for for months like uh, you don't have the the your your, mo your money tied up in 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 the in the logistics so it just makes it a lot easier so even though so right now with the cost of shipments uh, everything that's going on even even labor in china uh, it's going to it's going to it's going to it's going to be inevitable that that doesn't go up so with those factors and how the market is right now. I think Mexico is is 
very competitive with price against China. And then if you adopt all these things that are actually in the end is add up to your, to your bottom line, right? You have less uh, um, smaller MOQs. You can be sending a more regular shipments. You can be send, uh, bringing uh, less, less products, right? To optimize uh, your inventory. So those things, I think when you consider them all, yeah, if you see a price, if you see a quote, from a Chinese manufacturer and a Mexican manufacturer, well, Mexico is not going to beat many. Most manufacturers are not going to beat the Chinese manufacturers in price. It's impossible, right? It's it's that's not where Mexico is competitive. But when you add everything up, it really like it really makes you consider uh, if Mexico is a better option. And then and then I would add one more thing: when you consider that you can have a closer and stronger stronger relationship with your manufacturers, and that means you, you can do things that that would would be uh, a lot harder in china or it would require a lot more money and you can do customizations to your product you can find better quality materials and have a, a differentiated product that maybe you can uh sell for 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 more right increase your 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 uh your your uh selling price and and incre incre increase your margins with offering a better product and easier easier uh relationship with your, your manufacturer so so if you see it from from that uh, with with us from that perspective, I think Mexico makes a lot of sense for for FBA sellers. If right, if your strategy is to to uh, to build a brand, to offer better products, and to increase your your margins, and just and just don't not be up at night at three a.m. Uh, de dealing with with uh, with somebody in in China. If something goes wrong. It's going to be a lot harder to to solve uh, if you're dealing with somebody in China than 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 in Mexico. So so for all those reasons, uh, I think Mexico has to make sense for a lot of of people watching this. Yeah, it's checking my boxes in my mind. I'm I'm not seeing any negatives. What what would be those negatives, uh, if you will? Like there has to be a reason people well, shy it, away it, from Mexico. What would those be? So the negatives are definitely um, so doing doing business in Mexico is not is is not as easy as, as in the US, as you can imagine. So, so the first thing that, that is complicated in Mexico is that the regulations locally uh, are a lot more strict in, in many ways in, the, in, in customs than, than, than they are here in the US. Uh, everything takes longer just to set up a company, basically uh, get your, your uh, permits and customs product class classification, everything just takes longer. So you need to have somebody in Mexico that knows how to navigate uh, those waters because it's gonna be it's it's gonna be definitely more complicated, uh, more expensive than it is here in the U.S. Um, and uh, but the main thing I'm gonna say is there is no Alibaba, there is no organized uh, um, directory of of manufacturers in Mexico that you can just uh, look online and, and and find thousand manufacturers that doesn't exist. Uh, um, actually, the the one. Government agency that was in charge of doing that, our uh, the president, that our new president, or he got in uh, last year. First thing he did was to shut down that agency. Doesn't make any sense. It was the agency in charge of promoting Mexican businesses. They shut it down, and uh, and then it then now it doesn't exist. So there's no like centralized database of of manufacturers. So you you need to. It's really we go on a case by case basis. Uh, this is something that we can help. Uh, look at the product and we'll and and we'll uh, help you find a manufacturer in Mexico, but but that's not as easy as it is in China. There's no Alibaba, so that's a <clears throat> that's right. a big one. And then, on the other hand, when talking to manufacturers, 
because many of the manufacturers are are smaller than 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 in China. Um, many times uh, they they'll have uh, problems with with accommodating your your uh, your production capacity. They have a limited capacity, so they might uh, so so they might not be able to accommodate your your production uh, same amount every month. So you need to really de develop a relationship uh, with them to understand what the, their capacity is, what what it is they can and, and they can do. Because they all say, "Yeah, I I can do that, right? I'll 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 get you that that material, I'll get you that quantity." But things come up uh, in dealing with them, and and you have to to just be proactive in in talking to them and and knowing in advance that that they can do what they are are saying they 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 are going to do. But basically, so that's I think that's I think the biggest the biggest problem in with uh, working with with the Mexican manufacturers, um, just you don't have the the same uh, say stability as you would with a with a with a Chinese manufacturer in, in many cases. Right. Uh, but it helps that you that we're close and you can be in contact with them. So there's no way to find like a, if I'm looking for some sort of like raw materials manufacturer or anything like that. I can't. There's no equivalency to an Alibaba that exists in a foreign country like Mexico in this case that you can just look up and say, this is what I want. I want them to be around for a long time. So where, where does that trust come in? Like are the people building that out? How, how do you find reputable manufacturers to work with if that's the case? So, so there are, there are, so the, the Mexican, the Mexican embassy here in the U S has a, a, a economic, uh, promotion office and you can contact them or you can contact the 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 US embassy in Mexico and they'll they'll point you to the right di right direction there is no centralized uh database we're working in 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 uh, in in doing exactly that right now we do it manually we work with brands uh um to help them find manufacturers in Mexico that's one of the things that we do at Algomas uh it really works on a case by case uh base basis we're working on a on a on a on a project that we're probably going to to launch uh, later this year, but right now uh, it's all done done manually. You can always go online and look up and and, and look up uh, manufacturers and, and suppliers of these types of of products, but you'll need to to then um, well talk to them. But I I would suggest to go to Mexico and visit with them and uh, and ha or have somebody in Mexico to to um, to deal with them in your in your behalf that's one of the things that that we do that we do as well but uh but right now so if you're right now uh with your product and, and you want to 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 look for products i'd say uh google is your friend of course but also contact contact the uh the mexican embassy the Me mexican embassy where you are and uh and they'll they'll uh guide you through through the process of of finding suppliers because in Mexico it's done on a on a state level, so you go to the to the state's uh, uh, chamber of of, of in, uh, industry industry chamber, and and they'll have those contacts. In many cases, those those lists are not even updated now with COVID. Many companies right. shut down. Many companies were acquired. So so we found right. So this is something that, that we do almost every day. So we found that not even the government's databases are are um, updated. So it's it's it it definitely helps to have somebody in Mexico that can help you uh, through this whole process. Interesting. So what I, I'm fascinated by the the culture in Mexico and what means 
most to them, right? So like here in the United States, like you'll get like a segment of people who are like, I need it manufactured and sold in the United States. Uh, we're kind of like shifting, we're talking about sourcing, but also manufacturing uh, and selling uh, in Mexico. So if we're shifting to the selling in Mexico side, does the Mexican customer, do they, do they care about where a product is made or what it is, or is it just quality or is it just price? Like what, what's the customer avatar, if you will, of a, a customer, if I'm looking to potentially start selling in Mexico? Yeah. And this is a, a very, very, very interesting point because, uh, for, for, for the, in the Mexican culture, and you can imagine being so close to the U S right. Many, like a big part of our, our, our modern culture has been formed, uh, by, by U S media, U S brands, right. U S consumption habits. So, so in that way, uh, the Mexican consumers follow along very closely to, to what, to what happens here in the U.S. So we used to say that before all this, before Amazon, before the uh, online explosion, uh, it used to it used to be that that U.S. Cons uh, U.S. The, the Mexican market uh, was lagging maybe five years from the U.S. Right? So what what? So you could be here, see what's what's working, and take it to Mexico in a couple of years. It it will it will uh, be a big success. Right now, it's, it's just probably, a five-year delay trend. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, it's probably <laughs> more like a two-year, and it's shrinking all the time. But uh, but that's I think the biggest advantage for U.S. sellers. If you have a product that is working in the U.S., right, right, you can like literally you can do it now. Go to the best sellers in um, in the U.S. Look them up in Amazon Amazon.com.mx, and what you will see is that you'll probably find uh, the uh, first half of the first page of the of the uh, first pa first page results are might be some prime sellers, uh, some some FBA sellers. And, and local offers, but all the rest on that first page of the of, of a bestseller, you're gonna start seeing a lot of international listings, right? So if, so many 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 of you might be already selling in Mexico through NARF, right? So you you create you can create your international listings and and you're selling in Mexico. So what most people don't know is that is when a Mexican buyer goes on goes to Amazon finds a product and it has the internet it's an international listing because it's coming straight from a from an FBA warehouse here in the US. Right. So the product is going to be a lot more expensive just because it has, has to go through customs shipping, uh, has to be imported and delivered to right to to customer's door. The product is going to take it, it can take any anything anywhere from 6 days to a couple of weeks and it's going to cost a lot more. So uh, so when you see when you see a, a very popular product in the US that, that has many international uh, listings uh, offers, that's a, that's a great indication that that is a popular product. And if you have a local FBA offer, then it would, it would, uh, it would uh, sell a lot better than international listings. So, uh, so, so you're saying, so FBA matters a lot to the Mexican market, right? To get there quickly, effectively, but even for price reasons, yeah, exactly. consumer-wise and seller-wise, that matters. So Amazon Mexico says, same, same as they, uh, as here, right? They say most, almost, uh, so most of their of of uh, of the sales in Amazon are are FBA, right? Uh, so that's that that's what they say. I don't think so. I, I don't think the data shows that it's it's so it's not eighty five percent. It's probably less than that towards the seven seventies, sixty five. It's it's growing very fast, so it it will be there. Uh, so 
FBA is important for the same reason it is here, right? A lot of people pay their, their prime uh, membership. They, they expect a fast shipping. But also it's important because it's it's actually it costs less, right? It's not in many cases the import uh, makes it just uh, uh, not not reasonable because there are other websites that compete with Amazon in Mexico. There's actually Mercado Libre is actually a, a the largest marketplace in Mexico. So there are uh, there are alternatives to Amazon, and so if you're selling a a product for for fourteen hundred pesos that somebody can buy for six hundred. In Mercado Libre, that's, I mean, you might sell a few because there are people that don't even look up, up elsewhere and they buy on Amazon. But, uh, but if you want to launch a brand, grow your brand and, and move uh, uh, a decent volume, so you need to be competitive. And, and the way to do that is, is to offer uh, FBA, FBA locally. But, but just going back to your, to, to your original question, uh, if you have a product that works very well in the US, like you can be confident. Of course, you need to do your market research like everybody, like you would here in the US. But if you have, if you have a product that sells well in the US, uh, you can be confident that it will work uh, in Mexico. Awesome. So that, that being said, I, we actually did have uh, someone ask a question for you, Patricio. Um, listening from Mexico City, so we're, we're talking to uh, uh, someone who's in Mexico and he's talking about selling. Is there first off? He asked, "Is there a course to uh, that you offer?" I'm a, I'm assuming Algamas that brings products from Mexico to sell in the uh, to bring products to Mexico and sell here. So, um, getting mm -hmm. products in source locally and sell locally. And is it possible to do FBA from US to Mexico? So we we did touch on a little bit on that. Um, yeah. Do you have any? And I think so, so I think that question, uh, it's the cross-referenced, yeah. Exactly. And, and actually, that's another big opportunity that we haven't talked about, because if you think about the, the size of the Latino market here in the U.S., as you can imagine that there's products that like are native uh, to these countries in South America that have a, a, a big market here in the U.S. So that's a, I, that's a, a big untapped uh, market opportunity um, that not many people think about because you need you would need to be like a Latino understand right. the products and all that. But that's uh so that's something that that we that we teach, and uh, and uh, we have a, a partnership with a logistics company that that they solve the all the the import and logistics to bring products here to the to the U.S. So yeah, that's something that we that we do. Well, that's a fascinating localization conversation that you can have both uh, either in the United States or even in Mexico is not just looking at numbers per se. We're, we're going beyond numbers. We're looking at who that avatar is by definition. Who are the people that are buying these products? Like who are the um, male, female, uh, older, younger, you know, what nationality, what religion even uh, you start yeah. to get really deep into that avatar. Is that something that you and your team are, are looking more into and really being specific at, hey, we're going to win this population um, and just be really good at it instead of maybe just a keyword? Or is there is there a happy medium for both of those uh, so, conversations to have? That's definitely something that we've actually we've done for 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 years. Uh, big, uh, just knowing how knowing how to recognize certain uh, certain uh, demographics and cer certain markets. Well, and and in many cases or in most cases, these I'm, we're talking about like niche markets, right? And so it's uh, it they are uh, very attractive in the sense that that there's a, a, a big lacking of, of offering, right, of, of those products. And if you can match 
those mar those uh, those markets and those uh, buyers to to the products that are lacking in in Amazon, then you can you can build a uh, you can you can build a pretty decent business uh, doing that. So so that just going to what you just mentioned that that includes uh, seasonal offerings, like for example, and talking about religions, right? So you have so you have like Christmas, then you might have Hanukkah. You have all these types of of uh, of uh, of uh, demographics that change regionally from what you would usually find here in the US in the in the in a US population to to the Latino population, right? So the products, uh, the customs, all that uh, changes. So uh, so that's something that we've done being from Mexico. My wife's from my wife is from Argentina. So we have and with Algo Mass, we have people all over in every country in Latin America. So so uh, one thing we've we've done for years is to to try to find those opportunities in the US market and 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 bring uh, uh, the, the the right offer offering of products uh, to to those uh, to those demographics. So with with that being said, you, you touched on a couple different marketplaces. If I'm a seller and I have to choose between Amazon and uh, Mercado Libre, uh, we, we're talking about two completely different marketplaces. Mm -hmm. Is there one that you would you would maybe try before the other? If I'm if I'm new to the marketplace, I'm new to. Uh, you know, just selling online in Mexico or in South America, which one do you feel would be like, will be easier to get into or even more profitable long-term do you think? Is it gonna be Amazon? No no doubt Amazon by far for many reasons. Uh, first of all, is is it's more profitable uh, because the demographic, so Mexico, and, and I guess maybe it is, or, or it used to be same here in the US, but Amazon is, is uh, more aspirational. In Mexico, right? So, so you have uh, uh, just uh, in, think about demographics. You have a higher demographic uh, with uh, with uh, larger uh, buying power in, in on Amazon Mexico. So that just make makes it uh, just gives you better opportunities to bring uh, certain types of product and even even sell sell uh, for a higher price. But having said that, uh, I think. For and, and the nature of the marketplace for people that don't know uh, Mercado Libre, Mercado Libre is is is, is like an, an an eBay, right? So it's it's a different it's a different animal. Uh, so being on on Amazon uh, is 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 a platform that will allow you to to position a brand, position a product, and then you can you can grow from there. And and we're we're in retail, physical retail in Mexico as well. So what we're starting to see, which is the same thing that happened here years ago, is that uh, retail buyers are starting to look. At Amazon first to find uh, to find products, find other brands, right? Find the upcoming uh, small brands to to have them on their shelves. So so definitely Amazon is the place that you you want to be. Uh, in many in certain products or you know, certain certain categories, there's there might be more volume in Mercado Libre, um, but but it's but it's Amazon is growing fast and it's gonna. I think it's inevitable that Amazon will become the the largest player. Just as it happened here, uh, it will happen in Mexico. So, so being being right now in Mexico, it's a it's a big opportunity because 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 right now the marketplace is an opportunity, but also it will help you position the product and then and then you can you can uh, sell in different marketplaces. There are there are uh, a handful of of, uh, of of important marketplaces in Mexico, and then you can so you you start building from Amazon and then you grow to to the others. How important is um 
I would say localization to the Mexican uh, customer. Uh, for example, uh, just making sure your listings are optimized appropriately, speaking cadences, our language is translated, even in a packaging, uh, the, the, the look and the feel of your products in that environment. It, you, you mentioned a lot of customers or, you know, are looking at the United States mm -hmm. and trends and it might've been five years out. Now it's two years out. Now it, it constantly, the customer's eyeball is constantly looking all over the place. What, what is it that is attracting the eyeball? Is it the same that the customer in the United States is, or, or do you need to maybe like make some tweaks here and there to, to really yeah. stand out? Definitely. There, there, I, I, I'll say that the main difference between the uh, American, American consumer and, and Mexican and in general, Latin American is that, uh, like this, just the whole thing of buying stuff online and this whole like in, internet everywhere has been in Mexico and Latin America has, has been, uh, has been, uh, let's say the, the, uh, has been there for le less time, right? So more people are like it used to be ten years ago. Maybe people are some people are afraid of 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 uh, using their credit cards and buying online. So they'll ask a lot more questions uh, before they buy a product in Mexico and Latin America uh, than they do here. Uh, so there's definitely a big component of of trust that if you have if you, if you don't have your listings optimized to Mexico in Spanish with not only translating Spanish because Amazon does, if you're doing NARF, Amazon translates, has a, a automatic translation. Or you might, or you might uh, hire, uh, go to Fiverr and hire a, a Spanish translator, but it matters if the, the, if the translator is from Venezuela, from Spain, from Colombia, from Argentina, Spanish, the Spanish language changes uh, from country to country. So it's important to have a native local, uh, Mexican looking uh, and sounding uh, listing to to build that that trust and same thing as you I, I, I know when you go into Amazon you can tell the difference uh, from a Chinese seller right just just by looking at their at their listing and reading a few words like you know that's a Chinese seller as opposed to to uh, to to a, a U.S. seller just uh, there's right in in language or or cert certain certain differences so same thing happens uh, for us reading uh, U.S. listings in Mexico even though they're in Spanish they're, they're not the same so it's very important for and I'd say the the main factor is is trust uh, so you want to have a a uh, a well optimized listing uh, to be able to compete. Well, trust brings up an interesting word. I think loyalty is what a lot of people and brands are starting to try to build. How loyal is a customer in Mexico? Is it is it is it their lifetime customers if you if you do right by them, or what, what's kind of the trust factor there? Is it is it once you've earned their trust, they will be loyal to brands, or is it price point? What what's the most important thing to an avatar or a customer down there? So that's 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 a, an interesting point, and this is something that we've that we've uh, been seeing more and more, just by just by the fact that there's less options, really. Uh, there's that than than they are here, right? So so right now it's very hard for, if you're if you have your private label and you're trying to launch a brand, it's really hard to build that build a trust because the consumer has like so many options, and definitely Amazon uh, Amazon opened up those opportunities for sellers in or for products in Mexico as well. But but there there's just less uh, options in Mexico. So it's easier. So it's let's say 
spending the same amount of money and doing the same amount of work that you're do doing in the US is going to, to generate results so much faster in Mexico, just because if you're able to, to, to establish that, that trust initially, uh, buyers, buyers will, will be more loyal to, to a brand just, be, just, just by the fact that there's less, uh, less, uh, less, less options. And then people trust, so people trust uh, U.S. brands and, and, and U.S. products, right? Uh, so if, if depending on the product, if it's uh, something very local, right? If you're buying your tacos or your salsa from you want you you want them to be from a Mexican company, right? Uh, because that's a very local uh, local product. But from for all the rest, uh, U.S. brands are are regardless probably more uh, just uh, better than than Mexican brands. So if you're a U.S. brand and you can and you have the the, the you can craft the right message, you can communicate with the Mexican consumers in their language. Uh, you'll be able to build that 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 loyalty a lot faster in Mexico. Is there is there grocery available in uh, Mexico uh, yep. for, for Amazon? Okay, so is there an opportunity? I, I feel like this is almost the topic that a lot of people kind of glaze over, and it, it, it's not perishable goods or something that's localized or you yourself can be. For example, I love the story of the barbecue uh, seller for example they have their own branded sauce or spices or or whatnot seasonings and they sell them in the united states during the summer seasons obviously it's a seasonal product and then they throw them into amazon australia because in you know uh in our winter it's their summer yeah. so it actually makes sense seasonality is there is there going to be an uptick do you think in terms of grocery has as it kind of becomes more popular and in that direction, uh, I, I feel like a lot of people got excited about, or used to, I should say, curbside pickup or delivery of groceries and perishable goods. Is that is that important to the culture down there, or is that something that's kind of not caught on yet? So, so I, I mean, I think especially groceries, and and we can talk about different types of products, and even but even like supplements, right? That 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 sort of product is uh, very big in Mexico. And same thing, same thing I talked about, just U.S. brands, uh, just you automatically, automatically trust a, 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 a U.S. brand with a, with a product like a, um, um, a food product or a supplement product um, Im immediately. So and actually we get we get a, a, a lot of calls from from uh, especially supplement sellers, um, because I think if you have a good product in, in, in the U.S., and you've uh, and, and you've found your your, uh, your, uh, your your consumer here in the U.S. It's easy to translate to Mexico. The problem there, if you're manufacturing, let's say if you're if you're manufacturing in, in the U.S. to get into the U.S. Uh, into the Mexican marketplace, uh, the, the the barrier of entry is is very high because uh, you need to just the the local um, lo local FDA, let's say the Mexican FDA, uh, just the requirements are are are. Are, are really tough and it takes a long time. So you can get, so you can take anywhere from nine months to 18 months to get a supplement approved, for example. And it, uh, and it, and it can take, it can take you, I don't know, 10, 12,000 uh, bucks to get, to get the, the certificate and you're going to need lab tests. And so it's, so it, of course there's, there's a, a lot of, a lot of uh, cons in, in, in this type of product, but if you, so, but on the other hand, that 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 creates a big opportunity. But because not a lot of people are are entering into into that market, uh, because it's not it's not easy. So if you have if you know how to 
how to deal with uh, those uh, those uh, permits and, and that process, then then you have big opportunity. And then with a with a um, groceries, um, I well same same thing that happened here. Uh, uh, Mexico is it's actually still it's closing down. It's closing closing down again uh, businesses, and they're going back to 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 having to be inside though so so that's still going to be a, a market that that grows and it's going to be uh, be a big opportunity i think this year and next year are, are still going to grow a lot is there a uh, is there a category that people should either avoid and then also on the flip side is there a category that's almost too easy to get into i, w- I would say like more easy to get into in, in mexico than it would be into the united states so so i'm gonna say Electronics is something that we've uh, stayed away in Mexico, just because there's a lot of of competition from uh, Chinese sellers, uh, cheaper. So in certain types of products, and and in those products, price matters. Price matters more than it does here in the U.S., right? Uh, just just because uh, people don't have as, as much money to spend uh, than people here, and and credit to access not, uh, access to credit and all that. So there are certain types of products uh, where where we we've to stay away uh because of the returns and all this in in mexico uh, that's that the return rate seems to be higher in mexico than it is here in the us and competition is tough in in certain products uh one of the things that happened is in amazon mexico is when amazon did their big push to bring chinese sellers uh, uh there weren't many us sellers uh entering the the mexican marketplace so so it got flooded by Chinese sellers. So most of the top uh, sellers in Mexico are Chinese. And but to me, um, to me, that's not something I worry about because I think the Chinese will. Uh, it's very hard to compete with in the products that they're very good at, and they have lower prices than everybody, and they're bringing directly from China. Uh, but our, I think, where I see the opportunity in Mexico is going in the completely opposite direction, just offering better quality products, higher priced. Uh, uh, manufactured locally, and I think that Mexico is a 130 million people market. Amazon Mexico is gonna be, it's gonna, it's it's now I think it's uh, it's big, but it's gonna it's gonna grow. It grows every month. So I think the opportunity is not in chi- in trying to compete with cheap products, uh, rather rather offer value and and build a brand. Definitely, I love that, and I and I agree with you. I think that you look at the opportunity and where. The, the statistic where I thought a lot of growth opportunity is happening is if you look at how many new warehouses are being opened uh, in terms of logistics centers in different marketplaces. Uh, for example, in Australia, you saw, gosh, I want to say like 50% or growth year over year in terms of number of warehouses. It's slowed a little bit in the United States, but you're talking about like looking at different marketplace opportunities. If you're selling in, in the United States and you're looking at the next possible option, I would feel that Mexico would be one of those, like you said, budding uh, areas just because of uh, of who they model kind of after. I would say who the economy models after and just how quickly they they kind of are tied to our country of origin. It's almost like mm-hmm. uh, localized by, by uh, geography instead of just choosing to know what the trends are halfway around the world, right? It's almost yeah. uh, what, what's popular here or it, there's so many different similarities. So with that being said, what about you and the team? What, where's kind of the the growth that excites you? And then maybe where's kind of the fear on the other hand that kind of keeps you up at night? Uh, but working in the United States and 
working in Mexico as well. So, and just, I want to touch on one thing you said, and I hadn't thought of that. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, so Mexico, uh, Amazon Mexico have uh, two, two, um, two warehouses, two, two uh, distribution centers, uh, not even a year ago. And today there are six, they just opened the sixth one. So, so yeah, they're growing at a, at a, at a very fast, fast pace. So, and, and to answer your, your question, I think the, the, the thing that excites me the most really is as, as Amazon keeps growing and, uh, and, and as more and more people, uh, Go, get into 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 the amazon.com.mx or or buying buying in mexico the the i think there's a, a big a big hole in in amazon's catalog there's not many options so so what's starting to happen in mexico is that a lot of the offer are chinese chinese products so like people that don't want cheap uh products from china are not finding are not able to find to find to, to find a lot of products so many of the Many of the of the buyers from Amazon Mexico are actually buying directly on Amazon.com and 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 bring the product from here, and they don't care of, that they're paying more, and they, they they are paying dollars, and they don't care that they're waiting waiting for longer because they want better products. So the thing that excites me the most is that I think we have I don't know 18 months until people are start start uh, noticing this and and catching up to the opportunity in Mexico. So almost anything that you, if you have a good product, anything that you launch right now on Amazon, uh, launch a, a, a few campaigns and, and what the money you're going to be spending in your PPC campaigns in Mexico, it's a lot, it's a fraction of what you do here in the US. And, 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 and uh, you're going to be spending more and more uh, here in the US. In Mexico, there, are, there isn't a lot of competition for, for keywords. You can bid on the main keywords and, and still paying uh, cents. Um, so, so it's, I think uh, the biggest opportunity now is, is to launch a product, do the right things. Um, and, uh, and you'll, you'll be able to, to build a brand and, and get traction and get reviews and, and get the volume up a lot faster than you will here in, in the U S and, uh, and, and the thing that worries me, the thing that worries me really is, is that to be, to, to move fast enough by uh, by the time that people notice Mexico and start start bringing all the international competition that we are um, that we that we are very far ahead of everybody else that's really what worries me the speed uh, we are not we cannot launch uh, product fast enough because opportunities is uh, is is huge yeah I was I, I and this is what it's kind of people like you in this space is you look at international opportunity where, although it might not be as big as what other people want it to be right now, you're talking about a year or two out now that you said they're catching up when more adoption and people are buying from .com instead of .mx, but that's because the, the goods just aren't available on mm -hmm. uh, .mx right now. So it's, it's very fascinating to see the yearning for the goods that are available that could, again, United States has 300 plus million people out of billions of people in the world where what, what the buying power is really shifting around the world as people become more mobile friendly, as Amazon starts to, you know, grow in that capacity and people look at online versus retail in that capacity. So I, I think it's just a super fascinating demographic and 
you know, locale and marketplace to to sell in if you're trying to grow internationally. It, it seems almost like one of the easier ones to dive into. Again, uh, Europe, again, one, uh, UK and uh, Germany would be two and two A. And then mm. you would be looking at just like other budding marketplaces that are starting to really take off. But Mexico always fascinated me in that regard of they have buying power. They are shopping. Their trends are very similar to the United States. Why not look at that as a potential, um, you know, either sourcing partner or a marketplace to sell into? So, Patricia, what you we've talked about, you have, of course, there's a bunch of other things that Algamas is, is doing. Um, how can people reach out to you? I know I would talk to you for multiple more hours uh, for the listener who wants to learn more or just kind of pick your brain. How do they reach out to you and connect with you and just kind of uh, understand more of the marketplace that we were talking about today? So you can, you can uh, reach out on LinkedIn, send me a, send me a, a text in there, or uh, I think we have our, uh, a link. We have a, a website. If you already have a, a brand uh, uh, that is uh, or successful products here in the U.S. and want to expand uh, in into Mexico, uh, we can help you take care of the logistics, the imports, and and the the localization of the pro of the product and the Amazon operation. So you can do, we have a form there that you can fill out uh, if you if you feel like expanding to Mexico, it's a it's a good option for your brand. Uh, um, probably the the link is going to be somewhere somewhere here. And uh, but reach out on 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 LinkedIn and I'll be happy to to talk and help anybody uh, with with their questions. Of course. Yeah. In, in the show notes, if you're listening to this, the link will be there as well as the comment section. If you're looking in the posts on social media, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, go ahead and click on those just to kind of reach out and uh, start that conversation. I think it's never too early, obviously, to look at international growth. It's good to start now before you might be ready and then what those opportunities look like in terms of being first to market or one of the very few in terms of competition to market um, in a marketplace that is is yearning for products to be brought to them. So that's is really cool as always to pick your brain and uh, listen to you talk and just understand, uh, do you have any predictions for the rest of this year? You said we might be going on lockdown or there, there's like other things happening. Is there is there something that you're kind of gearing up for and, and trying to do it right the next, you know, going into Q3, Q4? Yeah, uh, as uh, in the in the Mexi Mexican market marketplace, uh, especially, yeah, as they're going back to into lockdown, just uh, e-commerce sales and Amazon sales are gonna are gonna go through the roof. Same as here, we're expecting, of course, like biggest uh, Q4 uh, we've had. Um, so so and and this, but this is going to continue throughout next year for sure. So uh, so so if you're if you're getting ready for Q4 and you're bringing a lot of product. Uh, consider you should consider I think sending some product to to uh, to Mexico start selling there whether you're doing NARF or selling FBA locally I think it's uh, Q4 just gives you the best opportunity to 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 launch your product in a in a new market uh, get 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 some sales fast get reviews fast uh, the the PPC uh, spending is 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 very cheap right now in Mexico so. Like there's no better opportunity than this Q4 to really, to really jumpstart your 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 the launch of your brand in in Mexico for sure. All things I like to hear. It's cheap. It's a uh, you can get more sales and it's e it's easier to get into maybe than a different marketplace. So yeah. uh, awesome uh, awesome conversation. Now friend of the show, uh, Patricio tells of Algamas. Again, check him out on LinkedIn. 
Uh, thank you so much for hopping on today. Just a wealth of knowledge in terms of uh, a marketplace a lot of people don't talk about. So appreciate you spending some time today uh, with us and our audience. Thanks for having me, Ryan. No problem. Thank you. Again, thank you everyone who hopped on. Again, listen to us talking about sourcing and selling in Mexico. This is Crossover Commerce, my podcast about selling on Amazon, just anything and everything on Amazon and e-commerce in this corner of the internet that I hold so dearly to my heart. People like Patricio coming on to talk about uh, different topics like selling in Mexico. We have a great slate of podcasts coming your way. We have three more this week already. All of them are live. So if you are new to this space, go ahead and subscribe to us on all of our social channels on YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook, or you can follow me directly on all the same channels again, as well as Instagram. And this podcast is actually brought to you you and presented by Ping Pong Payments, who actually helps international sellers keep more of their money when they sell in different marketplaces, helping more than uh, 150 million customers, or excuse me, transacting more than $115 million a day for over a million customers worldwide, people saving more money to grow into different marketplaces and repatriating their money. Go ahead and check out Ping Pong Payments today. And again, it's in the link in the description below. But of course, I'm Ryan Kramer, the host of this show. Catch us next time on episode uh, 138, which will be tomorrow on uh, Tuesday, where you can catch me live here on the show. I'm Ryan Kramer again. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care.